，你知唔知平安 ？God's peace be with you, brothers and sisters in Christ。咱继续开始啊，讲咱今日日诶新写广告对洪亮够荣耀。We'll continue our sermon series from ruin to glory。今日对麦是震动天地诶上帝。And this morning, ah,、uh, the message will be the God who shakes the heavens and the earth。经文是合计书第二章二十九、二十三节。Our passage for today is found in the book of Haggai, chapter two, verses twenty to twenty-three. 今日是两千二十一年头一个主日。Being the first Sunday in a brand new year, two zero two one. 关键的信息，头先咱的鼓励，咱的挑战。May today's message encourage and challenge all of us. 咱的上帝是在这震动天地的上帝。And we may come to know the God, our God, who truly shook the heaven and earth. 上帝继续掌管这个世界。And as we recognize our sovereign God, who continues to reign and rule over this world. 你知啊，犹太人亡国七十年以后。Seventy years after the destruction of the Israelite nation. 以重新登基，就那时候重建上帝圣殿。As they return back to Jerusalem in order to rebuild God's holy temple. This is when Jerusalem is in ruins. During that time, the city of Jerusalem lies in ruin. But the Lord is faithful. However, God promised to them. This is the place where the Lord will give them the glory. That this place, though it may lie in ruin now. It will someday enter into God's glory. That the temple is the Spirit's temple. In the same way, our bodies are God's temple. God is the temple, and the church is the family of God. Our church needs to go from ruin to God's glory. That our church may become a church that truly glorifies God. How can the church become a church that glorifies God? The first fifteen verses in the book of Haggai chapter one presented to us the first message. That is,重新挑战咱生命优先的处数 It reminded each one of us that we need to reset our life's priorities. 犹太人失去上帝祝福 When the Jews or the Israelites lost God's blessings, for they、uh, put aside or set aside God in their lives, and they have、uh, misarranged God,、uh, life's priorities. If you want our church to be a church that glorifies God, we should know how to rearrange or reset our life's priorities. We need to learn how to seek first. God's kingdom and His righteousness. And the second message that we've heard was found in the book of Haggai, chapter two, verses one to nine. And as we learn and understand, God's presence is the greatest glory. God's glory—the、uh, church's glory—is not dependent on its size, how big or how small is the area. Nor is it dependent on how many participants who attended each service. Neither how much financial resources that you could find find in their banks. God's Uh, glory or、uh, the church glory is dependent on the presence of God. The third message is the message delivered by Prophet Zechariah. It reminded us 
that history should be a mirror of our lives. As we learn uh, lessons from history, the reason why the Israelites failed is because they did not learn lessons from their ancestors from history. And they continue to arouse the anger of God. And the fourth message found in the book of Haggai chapter 2 verses 10 to 19. We learn how to enter into God's abundance in His holiness. God's holiness is the reason behind His presence. This morning, as we enter into a new year, we'll be talking about this fifth message. It's also the last message in the book of Haggai. As we learn to understand our God who shakes the heavens and earth. Even if the passage or the message is short, only four verses. However, these four verses would present the greatest impact in, in, in our lives because it's a message that shook heavens and earth. On the 24th day, on the ninth month of the reign of the king, Haggai delivered these two messages. The first part of his message was towards the Israelites or the Jews. And as he encouraged the Jews to pursue holiness in order for God's presence to be with them. On the same day, a second message was delivered. And it's towards the ruler Zerubbabel. And two things were mentioned to Zerubbabel. For God will do these two things in order to show how he shook heavens and earth. First, God wanted to overthrow the nations. It's eschatology. Second, God will establish the throne or the kingdom of Messiah. It's called Christology. And these two important messages were uh, delivered by the prophet. That the whole world will come to know that all nations are under God's rule and sovereign uh, power. Because history is God's story. Our God is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is the president among all presidents, the prime minister amongst all prime ministers. And from the viewpoint of eschatology or Christology, we'll be discussing today's message that we may learn how to enter into God's abundance. First, let's look at this message from the view of eschatology. When God proclaimed His judgment towards all nations. Chapter 2, verses 20 to 22. The word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day of the month. Tell Zerubbabel, 
governor of Judah, that I will shake the heavens and earth. I will overturn royal thrones and shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers. Horses and their riders will fall, each by the sword of his brother. This message concerned about how God will judge all nations. And God told the governor Zerubbabel, I will shake heavens and earth. It's the second time God proclaimed such message. The first time around was found in the book of Haggai chapter 2 verse 6. This is what the Lord Almighty says, In a little while I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. During the time when God shook heavens and earth, all the riches, all the monies in all nations were brought back to Jerusalem in order to rebuild God's holy temple. And during that time, the Israelites, the Jews, were so poor in their situation. And that's why money to them was so important. And yet God told them, When God shook the heavens and earth, likewise, He will bring about uh, all the financial resources, the monies, the silver and gold, to Jerusalem in order to rebuild his holy temple. It provided such a great encouragement to the Jews at that time. But on this second time, when God proclaimed that once again he will shake heavens and earth, and all the thrones of all nations will be destroyed. And all powers and authorities of all nations will be destroyed as well. The first shaking, God brought back the gold and silver. And the second time when God shook heavens and earth, God removed the thrones of all nations. And these two times when God shook heavens and earth, it only proved and allowed us to learn that God is the sovereign rule over heavens and earth. He is the Lord of man's history. He is the righteous and almighty God. And in these two verses, verses 21 and 22, in the original text, four different occasions, God mentioned, I'm going to, I will. The first time happened in verse 21. I am going to shake the heavens and earth. In verse 22, three times it appeared. I will overturn royal thrones. I will shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers. First, let's pay attention. Uh, the word to overturn. I will overturn the royal throne. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers. 
And if you pay attention to this word overturn, you'll realize that it happened, it appeared in the book of Genesis. The first time in the Bible. The first time in the Bible. And God will overturn two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah. After God proclaimed such statements, these two cities disappeared from the face of the earth. If you have the opportunity to visit the Holy Land, and uh, just near the Dead Sea, and you will see the pillar of the salt, and there was no city uh, nearby. But during the time in the book of Genesis, two flourishing cities were, could be found in this place. And today, you will not find any trace of these two cities. For God has proclaimed that I shall overturn these two cities. And now, let's take a look at the two words royal throne. When God proclaimed, I will overturn the royal throne. What do we mean by the royal throne? The throne signified the power and authority of the king. And God wanted to remove or overturn all powers and authorities from the hands of the king. Psalm Chapter 2 could be called the Psalm of the Messiah. Let's pay attention to verse 6. I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. And in verse 8, As of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possessions. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God installed Jesus on his holy hill to become the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So that the whole world would only have one royal throne. And this royal throne could be found on the Mount of Zion. If we pay attention to these two verses, overturn the royal thrones and shattering foreign powers, overthrowing chariots and their drivers. Uh, what does it mean when we say the power of foreign kingdoms, chariots and their drivers? It represented military might as well as political power. All political powers as well as uh, this uh, might will be destroyed. How could this be possible? After the Israelites departed from Egypt, as they approached the, dead, the Red Sea, the entire military power and might of the Egyptian nation was thrown into the Red Sea. From that day onward, the entire powerful army of Egypt has been destroyed. In the same manner, its political might gradually declined. 
And one day, 上帝必倾国全队政治势力个军军事势力。God shall destroy all political power as well as military might of all nations. 为什么上帝必审判列国？ You may ask, why is it that God wanted to judge all nations? Why is it that God gave Solomon the prophecy of Zerubbabel? And why will God proclaim such prophecy to Zerubbabel? Because at that time, Israel was under this oppression, this oppression. And during that time, the the、uh, Israelites were under the Persian rule. And so the countries, the countries, he he up. And they were persecuted. Oppressed by many nations. During that time, the the Israelites were only a very small nation. In the eyes of this foreign power, they consider the God of Israel a very minor and insignificant God. But during that time, every nation has its own God. Every nation would have God protecting over them. If whenever a nation fail or fall, it will also represent the failure of their gods. During Samuel's time, the Ark of God represented God's presence. And every time、uh, the Israelites would bring the the, the Ark.、Uh, At the same time, when they were、uh, waging war, and this ark has been captured by the Philistines. And during that time, the Philistines put the ark of God inside their own temple. At that time, the message was delivered. At that time, the Philistines. Claim that their God had already defeated the 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 God of this、uh, Ark of Covenant. So, not just Israelites failed, but also the Philistines. At that time, not just the Israelites failed or were captured, but their gods as well. But the Lord God protected them. Yet, God was able to protect Himself. He got tossed out of heaven. Early the next morning, long time has been bowed down before the Ark. The foreign gods could be found. Uh, falling or bowing down before the ark of God. Even if the Philistines、uh, re- restored or repositioned their gods, the the second day, when the Philistines entered their temple, likewise they discovered that their own gods were found bowing down in the ark of God. Their limbs. Were broken. Their heads were dis,、uh, destroyed. During the time, God told the Philistines, "I am the one and only God, and I can protect myself." And the Philistines returned back the ark of God and repented and asked for forgiveness. And during the time, God told this governor Zerubbabel, "You need not worry for me. Once again, I shall prove to you that I can、uh, take care of myself and my own name. In the same way, I will look after my own people. One day, 
Once again, I will shake heavens and earth. And remove or destroy all thrones of the world. And all the power and authorities shall be removed. So that there will be no more war on earth. Because there shall be one and only one throne, holy throne. It's the throne established by King David. How can this be possible, church? If you study the book of Micah, chapter 4, verses 1 to 3, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and peoples will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the, of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. So that we may walk in his path, the law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between many peoples and will settle disputes for strong nations far and wide. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. And this passage already foretold, someday the kingdom of Messiah will be established on earth. Many people will return back to Jerusalem in order to worship God. And there will be no more war on earth. If you have the opportunity to visit New York, and should you have the opportunity to visit the United Nations headquarters, uh, upon entering that place, and somewhere near the entrance, and you will see this magnificent copper statue. And you can see that this man uh, with his sword, uh, he's beating it, uh, the sword into plowshare. And beneath this statue, beating the sword into plowshare. And it was a gift presented by the Soviet Union at the integration of this United Nations. The basis was found, uh, is based on the book of Micah chapter 4. And this communist nation uh, gifted United Nations uh, with this statue based on the Bible passage found in Micah chapter 4. This is the work of God. And God's miraculous ways. It's un uh, unbelievable and could not happen in today's world. It is only uh, under the rule of Messiah on earth. And the new millennium. And during that time, there shall be no more wars. Because there will only be one holy throne. When our Lord Jesus Christ will one day become the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because the millennium is not a foreshadow or foretelling. 
It, it, it's not a, a simple, simple. It's a symbolic. It is a real and uh, and realistic nation that will exist. It is a nation that God will establish for the of the kingdom of David. May God help us. That's why when God told Serubabel, one day, I will shake the heavens and earth. When this kingdom from the family of David will once again be reestablished on earth. And if you return back to the book of Haggai to uh, review these four messages found in these two chapters, the first message was a reminder. Reminding the Israelites as well as ourselves not just to pay attention to our own uh, welfare, but the welfare in God's household. We need to rebuild God's holy temple. The second message was an encouragement. Meant to be that let us not be self-pity. Because the glory of this temple shall far exceed the glory of the previous ones. The third message reminded us of this warning. That we should not divide our lives, our spiritual lives and our ministries. And we need to serve God following an example of a holy life. The fourth message provided an, a comfort message. One day, when God will restore His glory in all the earth, because the focal point in the book of Haggai is to rebuild His temple. But surprisingly, towards the end in the concluding part, Haggai uh, did not mention anything about the temple. Because in the eyes of God, it is not just His temple. Yes, this temple needs to be rebuilt. The ultimate end result or end objective of rebuilding its temple is not for the temple itself. God has a more, uh, a bigger plan. That God will establish His kingdom. A kingdom that will shake heavens and earth. May I ask you this question? Everything that you do each day, what relationship do they have with the, uh, the kingdom that God will establish? In May God help us. So that everything that we will be doing, should be of value. It should be totally related to God's eternal kingdom. And this is the message of eschatology. The second message. The four verses in this chapter showed us Christology. How God will reestablish the thrones of God's of David's house. If you read verse 23, On that day declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, 
My servant Zerubbabel, son of Sealtiel, declares the Lord, and I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. And Zerubbabel replied with these two things. The Lord will set a date. And the Lord has chosen Zerubbabel to be his own signet ring. The date that God has set for Zerubbabel. Because in verse 23, God says, on that day. Which day was God pertaining to? And this day was, will be the day found in verse 22 when God will shake the heavens and earth. When God will overturn the entire nations. When God will destroy or bring down all the political might and power of this nation. It's also the same day as the Israelites await the coming of Messiah. And we understand this to be the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Early on, God had already set aside and set apart this, this day. And it's a day that no one knows. Even his son does not know. Only God the Father knows the day. But how ignorant and how unknowing people of the world are. And oftentimes, we are misled by people who claim that they know when will that day be. And many will believe when a human being proclaim a certain day. Because uh, early on, some people uh, claim that Jesus will come again in the year 1843. It's a belief uh, uh, believed by the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And we found out that it was not the day that Jesus came again. Others claim that Jesus shall return on the year 1914. It was believed by the Jehovah's Witnesses. And later on, it, it was found to be false. Dear church, no one will know when will Jesus return. So let us not believe if somebody else will tell you what day will that be. The Bible clearly tells us that even the Son will not know the day. That will be the day that God has set for the people of the world. In the same way, it's the day that all of us should be looking forward to. It's on the day when God or Jesus will set uh, on the Mount of Zion his own kingdom. And it's very clearly explained in the book of Isaiah, chapter 65, when the prophet explained to us. If you read Isaiah chapter 65, verse 19, I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in that place no more. 
There will be no more sound of crying. No more crying, no more weeping. No more crying, no more weeping. And it's something that will not happen anymore on earth. But someday it will happen. In verse 20. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his years. He who dies at a hundred will be thought a mere youth. He who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed. No more will an infant die during that time. And not a single man will die before reaching his years. And those who die at a year, a hundred years, will be considered a child. When will such thing happen? These things will never happen in our world, in today's world. It's something that will happen in the millennium. Some people claim that this is a new heaven and a new earth. Because they do not believe that there is such a thing called the millennium. But May I remind you? New heaven and new earth will go There will be no more death on the new heaven and new earth. live forever and ever. Because people then will live forever. This, on the other hand, will happen uh, in the time of the millennium. And in verse 24. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. This answer our prayer. And which means that immediately our prayers will be answered. And in verse 25, and it's so interesting, this particular verse. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. But dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy temple, says the Lord. We need not explain this verse further. You will easily understand the meaning. This is not the new heaven and new earth. It's happening in the kingdom found in the new millennium. Because in the new heaven and the new earth, there will be a wolf, lamb, or animals in it. It's a new kingdom, a new place. The Israelites, and they have this great hope towards this millennium. And during the Second World War, when six million uh, Jews were, uh, were massacred, and those who survived the Holocaust have this hope and have this meaning in life. In their life, they have this hope. They look forward, they put their hope in their Messiah. Jesus Christ. 
因為耶穌是基督,但是他們不知道。都有的人不知道,耶穌是基督,但是他們知道。都有的人不知道,耶穌是基督,但是他們知道。都有的人不知道,耶穌是基督,但是他們知道。都有的人不知道,耶穌是
and why God told him that you are chosen to be my signet ring. Because Zerubbabel belongs to the household of David. Even if during that time, Zerubbabel could not be proclaimed as king. Because the Jews had no nation at that time. But God had promised David. And this Promise is the Davidian promise. Second Samuel chapter seven verse sixteen. God promised David, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. And it's the uh, promise God made to David. This is covenant with David. It's God's covenant with David. Because God made this covenant with David. A covenant that will never change. If God will not mention this to Zerubbabel, we will not know how long will such covenant continue on. Because during that time, David's own kingdom was utterly destroyed. And they're already a fallen nation. More important than this is in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 22, verse 24. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, even if you, Jehoiakim, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were a signet ring on my right hand, I would still pull you off. And if you read verse 30, This is what the Lord says. Record this man as if childless. A man who will not prosper in his lifetime, for none of his offspring will prosper. None will sit on the throne of David or rule anyone anymore in Judah. Because the later kings in, in Israel, they uh, kept on committing sin. They kept on sinning against God. And none could be found as considered good in the so eyes of God. Because of this, the anger of God was arose against them. And uh, God mentioned this to uh, King Jehoiakim. Uh, I shall remove from your left hand this signet ring. As if the covenant that God made with David is no longer in, 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 in process. When the Lord says that not one of his offspring will sit on the throne of David. It may seem that the, the covenant with David is now uh, broken. Because the signet ring was removed from his hand. But we thank God. Now God told Zerubbabel, I have chosen you as my signet ring. As if this signet ring was once again 
put on his finger. In order to continue God's covenant with the house of David. Of course, we all know that. And it will continue on until it reaches uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus belongs to the tribe of Judah. He is an offspring from the house of David. Yes, uh, even if God has uh, forsaken uh, Jehoiakim at that time, but God has chosen Zerubbabel so that his covenant with David will continue on. Amongst all promises in the, found in the book of Haggai, all of this are focused towards one person. And this is the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ is our hope. Likewise, Jesus is also the hope for all mankind. Dear church, as we begin this 2021, we do not know what is ahead of us. But in our lives, we need to find this focal point. Be it our church, be it our families, be it our businesses. That our Lord Jesus Christ will be the center of our lives. Because He is our only hope. He is the God who has shaken heavens and earth. May God bless you. And in this new year, 2021, may the Lord Jesus Christ be the King in your lives to help you in order to shake the heavens and earth. That this year, be it your families, your businesses, and even your church, May it experience this great change in your life. May God help us. Let us pray. We thank God that by the last message proclaimed to us by Prophet Haggai to remind us that one day God will shake the heavens and earth. All thrones, all kingdoms of this world will someday disappear. And only the Holy Throne will remain. It is the throne of our Lord Jesus Christ. As, as we await this day to come, may we recognize our Lord Jesus to be the center of our lives. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. As we begin this brand new year, 2021, may our families, may our business establishments, may our church will consider Christ as the center or the focal point of our lives. It's all about Jesus. It's about Him. Because it is all about Jesus and it's all about Him. May the Lord help us. We pray this in the mighty and holy name of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, 
Next week, we'll be、uh, preaching from the book of Zechariah. And we'll be talking about the second message proclaimed by Zechariah. Though it's a lengthy, a very long message,、uh, it will begin from the sixth verse in chapter one up to chapter six of the book. And eight visions will be presented to us. And I shall explain to you one by one the meaning of such vision. See you next Sunday. God bless you. Amen.